Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Rick Sweet. And my name is Jay Swords. This is the podcast segment of the show that's not broadcast on station KLA. Our guest for this 409th show is Paul Moses, freelance journalist and former professor of journalism at Brooklyn College of the City University of New York. And we're going to be talking about his book, The Saint and the Sultan, The Crusades, Islam, and Francis of Assisi's Mission of Peace. Our history buffs are Terry Toppler and Ed Broders. And Terry, why don't you start us off? All right. Paul, I wanted to ask you about the 2017 PBS documentary that came out with a similar title to your book, only reversed, uh, The Sultan and the Saint. I assume uh, the documentary was based, if not inspired, by your book. Can you talk about that, please? I, I would say they did a lot of their own research, but they certainly they consulted me a lot in the early stages as they were um, uh, planning it out. And uh, so... I, I don't know. I would say inspired by, um, it's not strictly based on it, but uh, I've often read in news accounts that it is. So. <laughs> right. Okay. All, all, that, all that really matters, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, Rick. Uh, Paul, I was, uh, you mentioned uh, at the end of our radio uh, segment that, that, uh, this uh, episode between the saint and the sultan in the 13th century is kind of a, a high watermark for Christians and uh, uh, between Christianity and Islam. Uh, and you mentioned that the what part of your motivation was 9/11, the the uh, misinterpretation and the bastardization of Islamic uh, tenets. Uh, why are we still having, from your journalistic uh, background, you've been paying attention for many, many years, why are we having so much trouble with the likes of uh, particularly the Iranians um, uh, in dealing with that we are people too? Uh, is it uh, they won't talk or we won't talk or is there a combination of both? Yeah, I, I mean, I think in in speaking of of what's happening in Iran and and, and you know Pope Francis just had a successful visit there. Um, I I I think so much of it is it's it's geopolitical. I I don't see that as a as a religious issue there, um, and that's it's probably beyond my expertise really to to say why that's a, a lingering. Um, uh, ish, issue that it, you know just won't go away. Um, I would say that you know in a in a, in a bigger scope, you know the the things that um, that allow terrorism to breed are are, are still with us, and and uh, and people have, you know are continuing to take advantage of of religion or misusing religion to. Uh, to, to push forth their their battles, you know that that's that's uh, that's not ended. Paul, um, maybe piggybacking a little bit, um, but but getting back to the Middle Ages, where I feel so much better. <laughs> you understand. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm just drawn to the to the comparison between Francis and um, the Sultan. 
and Saladin and um, the English king, mm-hmm. which which has been mythologized into this amazing sort of thing, and everybody knows that that you know he you know Richard fell and broke his leg, and he was taken care of, and you know all of this, and they became friends, and you know so so I guess my question is. Why do you think that because they are reasonably contemporary they're you know they're separated by less than half a century um, why why do you think that 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 got so much play in the in the the minds of historians and the public and Francis's meeting, which certainly you could argue was equally as successful at the at the end of the day um, <laughs> you know why that sort of got got left behind and and became this you know sort of footnote tucked away in in somebody's citation list uh at the back of of a scholarly article yeah, I mean, I think what uh happened in the twelve hundreds you know, in the 13th century, that's just uh, one failed crusade after another. I mean, there was a later crusade led by uh, St. Louis, uh, King Louis, uh, that tried to do the same thing, and he got captured, uh, um, you know, go go into Egypt. and uh, But the, the, the real uh, heart of the action there was in Saladin conquering Jerusalem and then Richard the Lionheart, and uh, trying to uh, to win it back, um, that I, I guess uh, um, is maybe where the, the heart of the uh, the whole saga is. I don't I don't I don't know uh, uh, why Richard Richard King Richard gets so much attention, but <laughs> the Crusades were really more of a French production. I think, and, and on the military side, I mean, the the uh, Muslims retur- re- referred to all the Crusaders as the Franks, you know. Um, right. uh, but uh, yeah, I don't. I, I I guess that would be my 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 thought is that uh, it's particularly dramatic uh, turn turn of events there, where where you know Jerusalem you know goes one way, and then you know there was Richard made some headway, but. You know, um, ultimately couldn't succeed in his goal. Um, and after that, uh, I, I think the um, gradually in in the uh, European world, people started to realize that they they really couldn't couldn't hold this land if, if they once they t- took it. You know, um, so you know as they began to fade, also in, in religious terms, people began to see that, well, maybe this is not what God really wants us to do if we keep failing. Um, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, and the Crusades began, of course, with Christ of God will take the will it, and um, that became increasingly not the case, uh, uh, people who, who, who thought that. It, it sounds a little bit to me like Richard just had a better celebrity marketing campaign. I I don't know if if it's uh, his, his his being British in some of the major uh, his, histories and certainly in the English speaking world being uh, written by British scholars. I'm I'm not really sure where it is. <laughs> Ed, yeah, um, Paul, did you have to travel overseas to research this book? Um, I mean, I did, I did, um, and, it, and it was helpful. Um, uh, I spent some time in Egypt. Uh, probably the high point of the research was going to Damietta, 
And uh, I got a tour from the Antiquities Authority in Egypt was restoring the old mosque in, in Damietta. It was one of the earliest mosques in Islam. And uh, they, they, um, they were just making it look like it did. You know, it was amazing restoration with hand tools. And, uh, and and when I saw that, I, I knew I was in a place that at various points, everybody I wrote about was in that in that building, uh, in that in that uh, the Christians had taken it over. So Francis would have been there, um, Cardinal Pelagius certainly, and and um, the, the Sultan I know was there uh, when they took the city back. Um, so. So I did that. I did a little research in some of the, uh, like the American University Library in Cairo, and there's a, there's Dominican and Franciscan archives in Cairo also that I visited. Um, and then I, you know, I spent some time in Assisi because I really wanted to get a, a feel for that. And and in the, in that case, I, I went to the place where Francis's battle was against Perugia, and it's not a place people normally go but just to see that and and get the lay of the land and and you know just sort of connect to the story that way could i have done all this from without leaving home probably but it 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 added to the to the whole story okay terry um yes paul can you talk a little bit about what the conditions were like in egypt at the time when uh the sultan malik al-kamal came to power yeah, there was a famine, twelve oh two, if I remember right, and uh, and so he had to do a lot just to to uh, to keep up with that. Also, the um, you know his, the um, uh, dynasty that he was part of was still kind of looking over its shoulder at the previous dynasty, the Fatima dynasty, which was Shiite, and and um, and uh, he was uh, uh, Sunni. So there was that Sunni Shiite uh, tension played out, you know, in the pol- because of the politics. Um, uh, so um, that was the basic picture. Um, Sultan's father was, you know, uh, a smart uh, guy, and he um, emphasized trade with Europe. So he had built a, a pretty thriving trade with uh, places like Venice. And um, one sign that the crusade was coming was when um, uh, all those uh, merchants uh, were kind of called back home. Um, but he, he thought that he could overcome the uh, political divide there uh, through trade. Uh, and at the same time, he also fortified uh, his uh, coastline cities like Damietta, so they were uh, pretty, um, pretty tough to conquer. Paul, I think this is going to be the last question, so I'm lucky enough that I get to ask it. Um, We've talked about sort of what this mission had as as a long-term result. Um, Talk to us a little bit about the results, the the immediate aftermath uh, for the individuals who were involved. Um, How did the sultan and the saint and the cardinal and the uh, military leaders and the Pope come out of this event? Mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, the Sultan, uh, who had to fight off a coup attempt in the middle of the crusade, um, went on to be a, a successful leader of Egypt. 
And uh, a later crusade led by uh, the emperor, Frederick himself, um, uh, he managed to, uh, he and, and Frederick managed to negotiate a peace agreement instead of going to war that uh, allowed for Jerusalem to be um, controlled by the crusaders for 10 years. Um, and um, with, but with you know Muslims having access to all their their holy places, so they were both blasted by their own sides uh, for doing that um, from the pulpits. So, so but it was the only time the Crusaders had uh, were able to get into Jerusalem, uh, you know, uh, and for for a long period of time. Uh, uh, Cardinal Pelagius, you know, he managed to uh, get on an early boat away from the battle, and uh, and so he he the, the last battle, and so he 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 did just fine. Uh, John of Brienne went back to being you know the dashing nobleman, only he was kind of confined to uh, to the coastal cities. Um, and Francis, uh, his life really made a, it was a turning point for him because he came back pretty ill. Um, he had disease in his eyes, and he was never really well after that. And when he came back, he found that his order had been run in ways that he didn't like. And, and I think he went through a period of some anger uh, in, in dealing with that. Um, so uh, it's a little sad in some ways, but in, in the end, he, he, um, he, he overcomes it. I think he lets go. But, but it, it, there were a few difficult years for him once he got back. People really weren't listening to him. All right. Well, we would like to thank our guest for this 409th show, Paul Moses, freelance journalist and former professor of journalism at Brooklyn College of the City University of New York, who talked to us about the saint and the sultan, the Crusades, Islam, and Francis of Assisi's mission of peace. The history bus for today's show were Terry Toppler and Ed Broders. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2, 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALA HD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search box, all one word. Click on the first icon and scroll down to find ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.